Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Kylie Camps, and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking, and cultivating more self love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's podcast. This episode is a conversation with Cass Thorburn. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Cass. She's an absolute pleasure to speak with, and I'm a huge fan of the podcast that she co-hosts with Annalise Dent, and we speak more about that during our episode. Now, to give you some scope... Cass started in radio at the age of 13 and she has worked in all different fields from print to TV to radio and now as I mentioned she co-hosts a podcast. She's also been on Dancing with the Stars and she's definitely been in the public eye and a few years ago she went through a pretty public divorce And she's come out the other side and she is here with us today to share some of the lessons that she learned during that really, really difficult time and also in the years since then as well. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. I wanted to record this episode with Cass because I've so enjoyed the podcast that her and Annalise have created. And it's really not just for women or men who are going through a divorce. It's really for everyone because with the statistics, it is likely that you will know someone in your life who goes through a separation or a divorce. And so hopefully this conversation can provide some comfort and also some resources or perhaps some direction, not just for those who are in it, but for those who are witnessing loved ones go through a really, really tough time. So let's get stuck into the episode. Cass, thank you so much for making time in your day to have this conversation with me and our community. Kylie, thank you so much for inviting me on. Anytime. It's been so nice to speak with you. And I think that one thing we can agree upon is that when you do go through massive changes in life, and in particular, I know myself moving through a divorce, it's such an 
opportunity to really grow and learn and reflect and you do just come up against yourself so many times <laughs> and I feel like it's a time where you can learn so much so I appreciate the fact that you're willing to open up and share with our audience some of the things that you've learned moving through your own divorce. You're so right when you talk about, um, you know, navigating changes in your life. And it's not something often that, you know, even even if it was kind of you talked about separating, I don't think you still can sort of estimate the feeling or the emotions or the changes that it does, you know, um, have on your life to actually go through um, a separation and then a divorce. It is a big change. But as we just said also, it's a time where, you know, you need to realise that often the changes can be really great. Absolutely. And it is. It's huge. It's not just, you know, it's I think that, you know, for me, it's not until you live it. It's not until you actually are right in it that you understand, the, the, you know, all of the challenges that come with it. So I'm really, really grateful that you're able to share some of the things that you've learned with our community. Um, and I know that the first first lesson that you wanted to speak about is grief. Yeah, I want to talk about grief, sort of that grieving um, and recognition that you are grieving. So you're not just grieving um, the fact that, you're, you know, your partner is no longer there. Um, you're no longer grieving, you know, you're grieving that, you, that your children have, you know, that one of the parents has moved out of the family home. But it's the grief of the loss of the marriage. And I think it's a really important thing to do. Like, so often, you know, you hear people saying, well, you know, move on and, you know, get over things. Yes, that is something you need to do, but I really think it's impossible if you don't actually grieve it first. I think grief is really important. You know, if someone passes away in your life, you know, whether it be a parent or, um, you know, a friend or whatever happened, you don't, you're not then told, oh, don't bother grieving them. So I think it's really important. The number one thing for me was, was to actually grieve it so that I knew that I had dealt with the emotion of what what was happening. And it is. It feels like a death. It is the death of the relationship that you had and, you know, everything that you have known in, in the years or however long you've been together, it definitely helps to actually go, wow, something really has gone here. Yeah. And to allow yourself to feel that grief, like you said, and not rush through it. Don't rush through it. The death of a spouse is the number one most st stressful life situation. Divorce is number two. So, you know, I think that that tells us in itself that it's something that needs to be grieved or it wouldn't be a really stressful situation. It doesn't matter um, how many other people you know that have been divorced or whether your parents have been divorced or, or friends or aunts or uncles. People have been divorcing since... Uh, since we've been get, hooking up, we've been breaking up. But that doesn't mean that it, it's not something that's extremely stressful to go through. And I think it's the thing that we need to recognise and let someone, if you know someone going through a divorce, let them grieve it. Don't tell them, you know, just, you know, dust off your knees and off, off you go. They need to really deal with those emotions to be, you know, a better person for themselves to understand um, what, what that what emotions they were that they were going through, recognize them. You may have stages of grief that you go through a second time. You know, there is, you know, they say the stages of grief can be, you know, anger, uh, anger or empathy or, you know, um, it, even, you, you know, just recognition that you are, you know, I'm done with it. And then next minute it won't be done with it. So just recognize that you may go up and down, 
But if you recognize those emotions and let yourself go through that grief, I found for me, I came through it just feeling amazing. Like, you know, within a certain, you know, period of time, I was like, okay, wow, I'm so glad I dealt with that because I now don't have any of those emotions associated with that part of my life. I'm okay with all Mm. of it. It's so true. And I think um, Brene Brown speaks about the fact that it's so important to recognize when you numb the bad, you also numb the good. So for people who are resisting grief, they're also going to have trouble enjoying more things in their life, which I know sounds a little bit funny, but if you actually allow yourself to grieve and feel those low feelings and feel the sadness and feel the ache and feel the loss, it's actually on a whole going to make you feel better because you'll be able to engage with the positivity more when you're in that space. Absolutely. And you'll be able to look back at memories of that, of that period of time and you'll be okay with it because Mm -hmm. those memories you've dealt with the emotion of, of, of whatever, of the end of the marriage, you've dealt with the emotion of not being with that person. So when you then think about things or you hear a song or you, you know, something that related to that time in your life, you know, I really feel if you've dealt with the emotion, you're not going to be dragged back all the time. And that being dragged back is really a step back. And that's such a good point that you share there, Cass, because I know that when we lose people in our life, when someone that we love passes away, it's so painful, but then you do get to a place where you will hear a song that reminds you of them and you'll smile. And so I think that's so important when you share the fact that, yes, the death of a spouse is obviously the most stressful thing you can go through, but a divorce is is the second most stressful, comparing the two in terms of, okay, grief is so powerful to get to a place where you can look back with fondness on the good times. Absolutely. And so we should, you know, so much, if that, that would have been a huge part of anyone's life. If you've been married, mm-hmm. um, if you've had a family with someone, they're huge things to have done with another person. So yeah, why would you want to feel um, constantly upset or angry about um, anything that reminded you of that? You know, if you've dealt with it and worked through it and realised that um, you've grieved it, Uh, then you'll be able to go back to remembering things with fondness because let's face it, you will have, you know, if you've got children, they will get married one day and you'll want to be at that wedding and you won't want to be looking across at the Mm ex-partner thinking, you know, horrible thoughts or you really need to be able to grieve it so that you can move on and make sure that you all have a future that's, you know, one that's not full of bitterness. Absolutely. And something I mentioned in a podcast I recorded recently was it's so important not just to grieve the relationship that you had, but also grieve for the future that you thought you were going to have. That's been a big one for me. It's been like allowing myself to feel really sad that I'm not going to have the future I thought I was going to have. And at the same time, I'm very excited about the future, but going, you know what? Okay my projection, my trajectory has changed and I'm going to grieve what I thought I was going to have. Absolutely. And that grief, you know, should probably not be done totally on your own. It's not like we should be sitting there, Mm. (laughs) sitting there, you know, at home grieving as in crying over, you know, the end of your marriage or crying over the loss of the marriage or the loss of the future. But it means, you know, for me, when I say take the time to grieve it, it's take the time, find the right avenue for you 
to do that grief, to express it. So whether that be um, seeing a counsellor or talking to, you know, your closest um, friend or like, and, and not just, you know, in, in one little session, it's going to take time. For me, I went to neuro-emotional uh, technique I used. It's called NET. And I found that that um, was just, that that was what worked for me. It was an incredible sort of, it's, it's a mind-body thing that you do with trained NET uh, chiropractors. Um, and it was something that a friend put me on to because I was like, oh, you know, it's not talk, it's not, I don't want to see, talking to a counsellor didn't work for me because it just felt like I was, you know, sprouting out all this kind of information that really, they're there just to listen to you. And that may work for some people, but for me, that didn't work. Um, and so that, you know, I went through NET and found that worked really well. So, you know, my advice would be find the thing um, that works for you, that makes you feel better and makes you, you know, happy with how you've you've worked through it. And at the end of the day, what it's supposed to do is, you know, let you see that you're now living your own life and you've you've dealt with it. Absolutely. And there are so many different modalities now that we have available to us. And even just going out and trying different things, actually, just the act of trying it makes you feel more in control. And it puts you back in the driver's seat of your own life because you're actually actively seeking to move through the process as well as allowing yourself to just sit in that fire of it. So I love that you've shared that the traditional counsellor style of working through things just didn't align with you. No, And so for anyone listening, if you're in the same boat, don't let that stop you. Try something else. Yeah, absolutely. Try something else. You know, I mean, whatever it is, you know, take suggestions from friends, you know, do some research on um, dealing with grief and, and what avenues are out there because there's, you know, there's a lot more out there than what you may think if you haven't been through grief before there's you know it might be something that you need to look into to know what's going to work for you the best and so the next little point that we've got here to speak about Kath is how important it is to watch for signs that your children are not coping yeah this is a really big and important one I think um because number one I mean you know you, you we need to be making sure that the children are okay in a divorce. You know, when you think about, as we just talked about the grief that you go through, what about the grief that children will go through? And that whole concept that, you know, I've often heard is that, you know, they're not the first, you know, lots of children, lots of parents' children are divorced. You know, lots of children are at school with them who, you know, don't have married parents or whose parents aren't still together. Again, those sort of comments, all they do is try and minimise someone's grief. And I don't think that's fair. I especially don't think it's fair for a child. You know, kids are often, you know, extremely self sort of centred, as in, you know, they only see to the end of their nose kind of thing. And that's okay. They're children. They're supposed to only have to worry about themselves. They're not supposed to have to worry about every, you know, about adult problems. But if you, you know, if you minimise the way they're feeling, I think that you will then um, probably cause them to have, you know, more more issues um, from, from going through the process and they'll probably act out even more. So I think, you know, we need to make sure that children are the focus or, you know, and future focused, you know, how do we want the children to be in six months? How do we want them to be in a year? You know, like you said before, they're also going through the, it's, you know, 
the future that they thought they were going to have because they'd never thought of any other future. They literally were born into a family and thought that was going to be how it would be forever. And that's okay because, you know, what children should sit there worrying that that's not going to be their future. So, you know, I think it's really important not to, um, put, you know, not to try and minimise what what a child's going through. Absolutely. And for the situation that I have been in, I was really grateful for the fact that we'd been working with a children's psychologist with one of the boys in particular who had a bit of anxiety. And so then when all of this was happening, all of the changes happening and, you know, the separation occurring, it was really wonderful to already have that level of scaffolding and allow that psychologist to work with the kids in a really low pressure play-based way so I would definitely recommend for anyone who has much younger children that there's no harm in having someone else like a third party come in and offer some techniques to support your kids through this massive change. Mm. In my podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how um, you know what might be some of the signs, you know, and you you know you might go to a um, account, you know, to the child's counselor and say, you know, they used to be able to, you know, tie their shoelaces, and now all of a sudden he's in grade four and he can't tie his shoelaces again. That can actually be a sign that they're just not coping with the divorce. They, there's mm, little regression. things that, yeah, regression can be a real, you know, all, all of a sudden they don't want to sleep in their own bed or all of a sudden they might be bedwetting or, you know, and it's something that you may think they haven't done that in three years. So, mm. you know, because my children were older, I hadn't kind of um, really looked into any of that. So when when we spoke to the psychologist about that on the podcast, I was, I was really an eye-opener for me and made me think, yeah, you know, there are so many things that can be, you know, regression um, for kids. And you may think, what what's going on here? But it's probably um, the way they're dealing with the divorce. It's so true because often you'll think, oh, that, you know, is it related? Is it not related? But if there's a, a change in behaviour or a regression or a new pattern developing or just, you know, being extra emotional, I know that for my two, when they're not coping, they overreact. And they'll struggle with drop-offs and pick-ups at school and they're just generally more emotional. So it's trying to be as in tune as possible with your kids and their normal baseline. You know, if you know their normal baseline, then it's easier to tell when something's going up or down. And children in general, you know, they don't really like change. And divorce is a lot of change for them, you know. And and that was the other thing that, that, that I've, I've also um, learned is that, you know, things need to be try and make them the same um, or, you know, as, as much as you can, you know, when they're at home, this is what time you have dinner. This is, you know, I read you a story. I do this when they're with their dad, this, you know, encourage the, you know, their, their dad also to have, yeah, it doesn't have to be the same as yours, but it needs to be the norm at his house. So they know mm. when they go to dad's dinners at this time, and this is what time the story will be. And the bath will be, you know, it might not be before dinner. It might be after dinner. It might be, you know, but as long as they've got consistency as well, and you're work together that's going to you know have huge advantages for the child but that you know because they're not going through constant changes it's not like it's you know oh this day I you know I thought I was with mum tonight and now I'm with dad and now I'm doing this and you know all of that is a little too confusing absolutely when it, when a young child like when told when babies toddlers young children in particular when they can safely predict the outcome 
of a certain circumstance, they're so much more at peace. So that just makes so much sense in terms of, okay, this is the way things are done at this house. This is the way things are done at that, at this house yeah. and try and keep it as stable as possible because so many other things will be feeling unstable for them. Yeah, that's right. And sta- stability is safety and security for a child. That's mm. what it represents. Yeah, so, so important. And just as you mentioned as well, acknowledging their feelings. I know with my boys, when they are feeling sad, I never say to them, oh, mate, get over it. You're fine. No. You'll see dad tomorrow or anything like that. I'll always, I'll always pause and say, it is sad. It is yeah. hard. Or, or, or why don't we okay. give them a call? Why don't you, yes. you know, grab my phone, give your dad a call, you know, because. Do you want to look at know, photos? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All of that stuff. It's so helpful. And also just for anyone listening with young kids as well, when they want to engage and play with you, that sometimes is the best therapy for them because a child's not going to come to you and say, I'm having trouble with my feelings. They're going to come to you and ask for attention. So just being really attuned to that as much as possible absolutely and lying to, like I often found when my kids were younger and it wasn't when I was going through a divorce but I always found especially with the boys that you know if you know you put them to bed you might lie lie on their bed with them it's dark you know the lights are out they're often more likely to talk to you at that time and with older children it's kind of like you know you're in the car let's talk in the car because you're concentrating on the road and they often will talk to you more if you're not sitting there eye to eye saying, now tell me what's wrong Mm. or, you know, how does this make you feel? Or, you know, they're they're sometimes, yeah, they're not often the best times to get out of them, um, you know, what's, what might be wrong. But if you think something might be wrong, go for a drive or, you know, lie down on the end of their bed, you know, when they're going into sleep and just see, you know, start with talking about something that's not nothing, nothing serious and see whether they're in a laughing mood or whether they end up in a mood where they actually just want to talk to you about their emotions. Less pressure, less pressure when there's something else happening. Absolutely. Really, really helpful. And now the next one that we were going to touch on is just about how important it is to share the news with people in your circle and to lean on them when you need them. Yeah, I think this is really important. Once again, it's like, we all need to feel supported through our grief, you know, so don't be scared if a friend says, you know, can I do this for you? Or if they offer to do something like I found in the, you know, the beginning for me, it was like, oh no, I'm okay. I can do this. And then I realized once I, you know, once I said yes to someone helping me, it actually felt really great, A, that someone was there for me. And I realized that that's what your friends actually want to do, whether that's been, you know, in the form of, you know, can I, you know, provide a meal tonight or do you want to, do you want want to come out for, you know, pizza with my kids and I, or, you know, whatever that looks like, um, don't be scared to take it. It might look like, you know, the kids are with their, um, you know, with the other parent, it might be sitting down having a glass of wine and them coming over and just sitting with you at home, but don't be scared to ask for that help. Mm. There's so much power in actually accepting someone's help, not just for the sense that it gives you, but then it also allows a deeper connection in the friendship to really be seen and allow someone in. Yeah, and don't be scared to tell them. You know, make sure yeah. that you do tell your circle of friends. You know, it's it's no, you know, it's some, something that they kind of people need to know what you're going through. And I think the same with, the, you know, shame about um, divorce, you know, when, you know, it has this stigma of shame and often people go to work and don't say 
you know, this has happened. But if once again, if someone had passed away, if they you know, one of their parents had passed away, they would say something at work. They would say that this is why they're, you know, look, I'm a bit down, my father's passed away or whatever that is. You know, I think the same thing needs to be accepted in, you know, with the people you're working with. You spend a lot of time with them. You might need to say, hey, you know what? I've separated and, you know, I'm, you know, I don't want to talk about it, but, you know, it's best for the people in your circle probably to know what you're going through. Absolutely. And just as you mentioned, the importance there of building that village and putting your hand up, asking for help or just opening your mouth and sharing that you are going through a hard time is so helpful. And for anyone listening who may have a friend going through a separation or a divorce, I think that it's really, really helpful. What's well, been really helpful for me when my girlfriends just check in with me. Yeah. You know, it's just a simple like, hey, I know you don't have the kids tonight. How are you going? Or, Absolutely. I know you've had the kids all day today and you've probably not had an adult conversation. How are you going? Like those quick check-ins mean the world to me. Yeah, and, you know, being the friend of someone going through a divorce, it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, ring them every day and think, oh, I've got to take time out to have a 15-minute chat with them because they're going to want to talk about, you know what, they're probably not going to want to talk about this every day. They're probably not going to want to have, you know, have to tell you exactly how they feel that day. They don't want to say, oh, you know what, I regressed a bit today. I felt um, bad again or I felt angry again. So some of that checking in can just be a text, you know, just so that you know the person going through the divorce knows that, hey, someone sent me a text that, you know, they're thinking of me, you know, they're checking in that I'm okay. And and that you should know that if you're not okay, you can say to them, you know what, I feel pretty shit today, but thanks for checking. Mm, yeah, so much, so much power there and having that connection, particularly when you have been married or with your partner for a long period of time. And then you're going through that disconnection and feeling, you know, that lack of care that has probably been there in the past. It's nice to just have a little bit of that from your friends, from your village. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, a bit of a bit of care from your village and a bit of self-care for yourself, which is, you know, making sure that you, you know, you recognize when you're not feeling great and reaching out to that village if you you know, if you know you need to. Mm. And speaking of reaching out, I know that it's a big one um, that you're an advocate for for seeking advice. Yeah, absolutely. I think especially in the form of, um, you know, Relationships Australia, they work in they work in the area of making sure that it's child focused. So I think it's really important to try and get into that mediating. Um, I feel it's important to get into that mediating as soon as possible, waiting for someone else to, you know, um, bring something up or, you know, I had a call um you know, from, from a woman uh, the other day sort of saying, you know, when do I mention this and when should I talk to him about that? And I think, oh, you know, you probably need to have these conversations while you're not, while you're not angry, you know, just try and have it with a third party, have that mediation, but have it, you know, as early on as you can possibly have it. You know, I know things are raw, but it's no point um, wondering what your future is going to hold or be stressing about, you know, am I going to be staying in the home or are the kids and I moving or what's going to be happening? It's probably a really good idea to kind of get into that mediation when you're all, you know, still wondering what the future holds instead of all moving on into something else and then being shocked by having to be pulled back into something that's decided later on. So I think Relationships Australia that, you know, which also work with financial um, mediation now as well, not just the, you know, 
family um, children's parenting program. It's for financial as well. And I think it's really important to, to kind of do that, to get in and, and take, you know, try and mediate because it takes so much of the anger um, and the fighting out of, out of divorce. I agree with you entirely. And similar to how we spoke about the power of seeking out different modalities in terms of therapy to help, actually being the one to seek out the mediation, or even if you're not the one to seek out the mediation, but showing up, facing it, having it, containing it, it gives you a sense of control. And it also gives you a sense of you know, it kind of restores a little bit of calmness amongst that storm of feeling completely out of control. Yeah, absolutely. And it's sort of it, it, that movie marriage story, um, mm. you know, that <laughs> like, re- like really when you, you watch the way that things, you know, it started out and then the way it progressed because they didn't kind of deal with, um, you know, deal with it early on. It then got all carried away with this whole legal thing and it just showed it was a real eye-opener on, you know what, this really can happen a lot. You know, just because you think, oh, we can sit there and sort it out ourselves and we'll just have a chat, It, you know, it's not probably going to work out by just having a chat. It needs to be worked out by having, you know, a third party, which is a mediation process. Have that and try and have it, you know, early on when, 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 when you really, um, when you need it, you need to sit down with that person before you lose that sort of ability to be able to do that, which hopefully, you know, you won't, but often, often that's what happens. You both move Mm. on with your lives and no longer want to sit down and have a coffee and talk about that stuff. So, you, you know, getting it done in mediation with a third party, making sure that it's, you know, official is a really, I think it's a really smart idea. It's a smart idea and it's such a valuable investment as well. And particularly when you do have children, it's a real gift for them if you can go somewhere and mediate and contain it to that room and then you have your plan. It just, it really, really does help. And And they're child-focused, which is really important, you know, child-focused. They keep you on track with that. And so I think that's, you know, why um, as much as, you know, if you, you might be feeling upset or angry, um, I think staying focused on the children is invaluable and that's why Relationships Australia is the, you know, the number four that I sort of advocate for, you know, the main things to kind of think about going when you're going through a separation. Absolutely. You have to have your children's wellness as your North Star. And the other thing that I would say is you have a right to be informed. You don't have to engage a lawyer, but you can also seek legal advice just so that you're informed, just so that you know your rights and that you're not rushing into anything that you're not comfortable with as well. Yeah. I spoke to the head of legal aid um, on this topic and they said that everybody should start with legal aid, whether you're, you know, it doesn't, you can see legal aid and you can talk to them. It doesn't matter what your financial position is. They will help you to, to head you in the direction that they think is best for you. That's, you know, they're, that they're what they've been saying. They're the first stop. Go to them. They will mm-hmm. tell you where to go for mediation. They might send you to Relationships Australia. They might send you in. You know, they will actually help you do that. So that's another area that is worth looking into. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. And then the last little point that we were going to touch on in terms of things that you've learnt throughout your divorce is how important it is to get to know yourself again <laughs> before you get to know anyone else. Yeah, look, this one has been huge for me. Um, I guess because of the, you know, the publicity surrounding the divorce that I went through, 
it, it became really close to my heart. You know, there's always mm. that, um, you know, are you dating again? And, you know, I'm sure everybody who goes through a divorce gets asked that question. I'm sure your friends ask you. I'm sure, you know, parents at school ask or, you know, whatever it is. But for me, it was constantly asked, A, publicly, um, but, but B, it was kind of asked instead of like a like making light of it. It's like, you know, and I, I felt – I found myself getting quite agitated by it, which I don't anymore. But at the time I was a bit agitated. I was like, are you joking? Like why on earth is it that I have to be um, with someone else for me to be okay with the situation I'm in? I spent, you know, 22 years in a relationship, um, which is most of my adult life, you know. Mm. I, I, I wanted to really know um, who I was and I think it's been really great, A, to get to know myself and I think it's been really great for my children to get to know me. You know, they're teenagers and young adults now and, you know, for them to actually get to know me as a person rather than just, um, you know, me in moving on into, yeah, as a, you mm. know, as mum and dad, you know, they now get to know who we are as people. So I think, you know, you need to start um, thinking about what, what, what's the important parenting things for you? Um, you know, what, what do you think are the most important? Because let's face it, before it was kind of like, you know, both of us have ideas of, you know, what's right and wrong when it comes to certain things. All of a sudden, you only have to answer really to yourself, you know, what is it that I really would like to teach my children? What is going to be important that I want them to have learnt from me? You know, what morals do I really want to put in place for them? Then you need to start thinking about what makes you happy? What makes you tick? What are your goals? Like set some goals for yourself. Set yourself a daily goal. You know, today I'm not going to, you know, sit down and have a cry about this. I'm actually going to, you know, move on with my day if I feel sad, I'm going to stand, recognize it, and then plan something to do. Set your goal self a weekly goal, a monthly goal. What do you want to do in a year's time or five years? Mm. Because before you know it, you'll actually feel really great. Your new chapter of life will have begun and you you'll feel so good that you'll be glad you've set some of those goals in place. And if you don't set goals, you don't achieve a goal. And if you don't achieve a goal, you don't get to feel what success feels like. Do you know what I mean? Like success can Completely. just be, yeah. So, you know, I think that's why goals are really, really important to set. And they don't have to be huge. They don't have to be, you know, I'm going to go and, you know, rule the world. It could, you know, it can just be that in a year's time, you know, I'd like the kids and I to be able to take a family holiday and for all of us to be really happy um, because they know I'm happy and they can enjoy my company without worrying that mum is not in a good place. They That can be a goal. I think that's so important, Cass, particularly because when you do have those goals, it's going to allow you a sense of fulfillment. And so many people are feeling unfulfilled, whether they're in relationship or not. But when you're going through a divorce, you're going through a whole identity shift because you've been so used to being part of a partnership. And like you said, it's now recalibrating and going, oh, shit, okay, what do I actually want? Who actually am I? And so having some really clear goals for yourself and like you said, the daily goals, that's going to give you a sense of control and a sense of fulfillment when you achieve those little goals. Yeah, and also, you know, there's this, you know, the, we talked before about the, sort of the shame around marriage, which should not exist, around divorce, which should not exist. So even just the fact that your marriage failed 
you know, or that's the way it's perceived. You know, I really don't like that notion either that, you know, it makes you feel like or that you failed at something. And in fact, you haven't, you know, it may not have worked out the way that you wanted. Um, it may have not been as long as you wanted. It may, it may have been longer than you wanted to be married. Who knows? But, you know, you haven't failed at anything. But if you don't set yourself goals now that you're um, single or, you know, parenting on your own or, you know, parenting and working full time or whatever it is that your picture looks like, if you don't set yourself goals, you'll just get caught up in the craziness of the everyday cycle and you won't feel that sense of of satisfaction by achieving a goal, no matter how small. Yeah, I love that. That's so helpful. And I think that you've just really hit the nail on the head in terms of it's so important to get to know yourself again before you rush in to get to know anyone else or just to remove that pressure of feeling like you need to get straight back out there on the dating scene or anything like that yeah. until you're actually ready. Well, and, you know, and not and not just ready. It's like, you know, is that even what you want? You maybe, want, you know, yeah. when is, yeah, when is that goal that you want that? I mean, maybe, you know, maybe you'd like to just one day you happen to meet someone and you think, oh, my goodness, that's a really great person. I'd like to get to know them better rather than going, okay, I have to start dating. You know, it might look differently for you, you know, and that's saying that, you know, you've got to get under someone to get over someone. All those kind of things are very unhelpful. If you're a friend, you know, talking to a friend going through a divorce or they may have been divorced for, you know, two years and they're not dating, there's no, you know, I really don't think it's helpful for you to kind of question why they haven't moved on with someone else as in, you know, is it about their sex life? Don't make it about that. You know, they may be doing things that you don't know they're doing, but also don't make it about being with someone else. Another comment that I felt annoyed by was like, you know, you deserve to be happy. Um, you'll find someone amazing one day. It's like, well, <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, I found her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, here she is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, it's all, yeah, but it's all about, you know, those comments to people just kind of, you know, it's almost like you're not enough unless you're in a relationship. And once again, like I say, you know, it may be just open yourself up for the fact that, you know, when you meet people, don't ever think that, you know, it's like, okay, well, there's a really great person and I really enjoy talking to them. And that may evolve into something, but it doesn't have to be, okay, I've got to get myself onto a dating app or I've got to, you know, start, oh, oh, my girlfriends, you know, can you start setting me up on, on dates, you know, like it doesn't have to look like that, you know, but get to know yourself, work out what it is you want and make sure that, you know, you express that to, you know, your friends and family and make sure that they know where you are. Absolutely. That's so helpful. And I remember one of my girlfriends saying to me, and she's a huge fan of, um, there's a lady by the name, or there's a, a lady by the name of Abraham Hicks, and she talks about the law of attraction and manifesting positivity. And one of my friends is a huge fan of her work. And she says to me, there won't come a time when you're like, oh, okay, that's it. I'm good. I'm going to start dating. But there will come a time when you meet someone and you'll think to yourself, wow, I like that person, show me more. And you'll keep thinking that and it will be a natural progression rather than going, okay, it's been six months, time for me to fire up a dating app or whatever it is. There's no time limit. Just allow yourself to get to know yourself and then if it comes across your path, go with it. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, and for me, for someone like me, it was, you know, I put my career kind of on hold for so long, you know, that became, you know, the things that I've decided to do, um, you know, with my life at this point in time are mainly centered around things that I wanted I want to do with my life and that's okay. You know, it doesn't have to be about when I'm going to date or, um, you know, or, or where I'm going to, what I'm going to talk, you know. What yeah. I, yeah, it's it's about what I want and it's okay to put yourself first now. You know, you've, you've sorted out the kids, they're happy, you've got them to that point after the divorce where, you know, you've worked really hard to have them in a good place and we've talked about all that in the other, you know, four steps. But then it gets to that one about you. And it's okay to then make sure that you're a priority. I love that. That's so helpful. Now, I have a couple of questions, if you don't mind, that came through via Instagram when I mentioned that I was going to be recording a podcast um, with a woman who has gone through a divorce. So yeah. if you don't mind, I'll ask you these and we'll see how we go. Yeah, I've got a couple here. The first one was, how long did it take you to feel like you had settled into your new normal? My new normal, I well, this I think this sort of relates to the goals that I was saying before. Mm. My new normal, um, I don't think it took all that long for me. Once I realised that I didn't have to be mum and dad, that was a big one for me. I was like, oh my goodness, I was kind of crippled by this. How am I going to be mum? I've got to do it all. And then I, I was like, no, I don't. That's that. My children have got a dad. I don't have to be their mum or their, you know, and their dad because they have a dad, and I don't need to make up for that, you know, because he's not. He is there, and they have that. So I think my new normal. It didn't take me, um, you know, it, it probably took a couple of months, maybe six months, to kind of get into like the new normal. Um, it's so long ago that I've, I've really have trouble kind of thinking how long that kind of took. Mm. But then, you know, I also went, you know, I moved house. And so the new normal changed because I had goals that I also wanted to fulfill. So then the new normal became something else. Always evolving. Yeah. Yeah. Another question was, what are some questions that you would suggest people avoid asking someone who is going through a divorce? <laughs> oh well I think it's the dating the one <laughs> the dating one for sure um I think you know the, I think you should avoid um I think you should avoid asking them whether they're um you know how you know how the relationship is going with with the former partner I, I don't think mm. that's I don't think that's in that's conducive to um putting putting the your friend who's going through the divorce I don't think it's you know conducive to putting them into a good headspace if you're asking them how that's going you know if they want to share with you something that you know this is happening and I'm you know it's really um, concerning for me but I don't think it's any good for you to be bringing them up and starting a conversation about that person Oh, I feel like clapping right now, Cass. It's so true. <laughs> like even, you know, I've been in situations, social situations with the kids around where I've had parents that I don't know well at all ask me that question. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know you well enough to have that conversation. <laughs> Now's not the right time, even if I did know you well enough. Yeah. And it's just making me want, you know, I want the ground to open up and swallow me. So I think yeah. that's a brilliant one to avoid. <laughs> yeah. Now, another question was, how do you let go of other people's opinions? Other people's opinions, how do you let go of them? Um, gee, I've had lots of people express opinions. Have you? <laughs> 
Well, you know, well, probably, you know, I've had so many articles written written about me and written about, you know, Mm. um, you know, moving on and, you know, have I done this and have I done all the things that have ever been written. Um, How do I deal with it? You know what? I've realized that I know my truth and, you know, my family, my children, you know, they're the ones I owe, um, you know, I, I owe them answers if they have questions. I don't owe anyone else any answers. You know, as long as you know your own truth, um, and and you stick to that and it's and it's based on being a good person based on being a good parent uh i think that's enough yeah it does it definitely helps when you take the power away from other people's opinions yeah it's so much easier to just let go yeah and you know what but you know people you know it's looking in um i mean you know the relationship that i had for 22 years was a relationship that I had. There was no one else living in it other than our children. So, you know, you have to just remember, you know, you know the truth, you know, you you know what it was like in, in that family. You don't have to um, worry about someone else who might be commenting or, you know, making up gossip. Or And I, I think that's one of those really hard things. You know, there's people, when you're, as a parent, even at school, you know, you, you children hear things from their parents, which has come third hand from someone else. And all of that can be quite painful for everybody so the other thing is to remember not to do it yourself (laughs) don't talk about other people as well yes such a good lesson and then the last question that came through was what are some of the gifts that have happened from this hard time and I think that we've covered some of those in terms of the power of getting to know yourself yeah, some of the gifts, you know, well, you know, I did Dancing with the Stars. That was pretty great fun. I would never have done Amazing. that if, yeah. And that, and to me, that was a gift, right? Because I, you know, well, I had a go at lots of dance classes. I got to have a go at it. And hey, you know, hey, I wasn't that great. But you know what? I enjoyed it. That was a real gift to step outside my comfort zone. It was a massive gift. You know, the podcast that I'm doing, that's been a gift. Um, you know, having, you know, all of it were goals that I set myself the gift of being able to be to know that you know my children are okay and I'm a single mum that's a gift you know like you know your children give you you know gifts of love every day and it's not always because you know we love our children unconditionally but children themselves you know like they can get you know go through stages with their parents and I you know I look at my children and think you know what none of them have gone through that grunting at me teenage stages so Mm -hmm. you know that's a gift I've been able to be the kind of parent that you know they might not spill their entire you know social circle lives to me but I get to hear a fair bit and you know I'm entrusted with that um with my children and that's a gift yeah so special and now you mentioned the podcast which is how I came across and well it's the reason I got in touch with you because I began listening to your podcast and I was honestly just like yes this is so needed I sent screenshots to so many of my friends and I was like you guys like I needed this and I found it so valuable and I've listened to all of the episodes and I've just found myself nodding along and there's so much valuable content in your episodes and so much comfort as well because as humans when we are going through hard times, it's so nice to feel connected and, you know, to not feel other from people. Yes. So yeah. knowing that other people have been in a similar situation has been such a gift for me. So I'm so grateful that you've been able to do the podcast and I would love to know how did the idea for this podcast come up? 
Well, the idea kind of came up much like you were just saying when you um, put out that you were doing the podcast chat with me and people got in touch to ask questions. That that happened to me from almost, you know, within six months of separating, I was being contacted by by people. This went on for years. And I, you know, when I did Dancing with the Stars, I got to know Constance Hall and Cons, you know, she did a radio show in WA years ago with Annalise. And so I met Annalise through Constance and I started to talk to her about, you know, she does a lot of, um, she writes a lot of stuff for, you know, um, parenting uh, sites and things like that and Mamma Mia and articles for, um, parenting magazines and we talked you know I started to talk to her about you know people ask me these questions and I don't have all the answers and you know yes my divorce was very public but it doesn't mean that I'm some expert on going through a divorce I'm you know I've probably got more experience in going through a divorce where people talk about you a lot which was not you know very productive for me but I've learned to deal with it and I've come to a really happy place with that and that was like okay now I can do a podcast on this because I am okay to talk about it I'd also like to be able to help people and get some of those answers to those questions so we kind of you know we pitched it we came up with sort of 12 or 12 topics that turned into about 14 episodes I think in total um but that's how it came about. It was like just wanting to answer people's questions. And, you know, probably in there is some of the things that maybe, you know, I wish that, had you know, I hadn't had to go through. Um, I wish I hadn't had to go through court. So a lot of, um, you know, what's come through the podcast or the questions that I'm asking of, you know, Relationships Australia is to find answers that might help other people avoid that. It's so powerful. And I recently interviewed a woman by the name of Amy Jo Martin, and she's she's massive over in the States. And one thing she said to me that really stood out was when you do go through a hard time, often you are sent that hard time, you're sent that challenge to then go on and teach in that area. And so whilst you might not be teaching in terms of saying, I'm an expert in a divorce, yeah. but it's going through and saying, look, I can shine a light on yes. this and that is so so helpful yeah. I know. and the, and I've loved doing it with Annalise because she she's not divorced so between us it's we ask different questions and we're interested in different parts of it you know she's asking as you know a friend of someone going through a divorce or she's asking because you know she's listening to the expert talking and she's like oh I wonder what that means you know whereas for me I've been through it so my questions come from a different uh, mindset I guess or um, but but at the end of it you know really wanting to help people and so I you know that's the podcast is about you know it's me giving back to I'm going to get criticized regardless because it's always publicity surrounding it and I thought you know what I don't have the answers. I can't answer these DMs with anything that's going to help anyone. I need to go and ask some experts. So, you know, let's create a show and do this and it will help more than just that one person who's asked me that question. Absolutely. And it is. It's so helpful. And as you mentioned, it's not just for people who are going through a divorce. It's such a wonderful resource for anyone who knows someone going through a divorce. So I definitely recommend our community jump over and hit subscribe and have a listen to some of the episodes. Like me, you'll probably find yourself deep in the wormhole and listen to all of them. Um, And some of them, we tried to do it a little bit lightly too. You know, I think some of it you'll notice is that we do try. (laughs) They're not. They're brilliant. They're so well done. They've got such a great balance to them. And the podcast is called um, Divorce Story. 
Yeah, it's yeah, really it's good. called Divorce Story, which is, you know, a bit of a take on the, the marriage story movie that we mentioned before. Um, you know, and we do include real divorce stories um, in each episode. And I think that's also really important for people to be able to listen to and go, you know what? Oh, my goodness, I can relate to that. Or everybody's story is might be slightly different, but you can relate to the fact that someone else has had a hard time and they've come out of it, they've come through it. You know, most of the women or men and men that we speak to are in such a better place now than they were um, when they first got divorced. And that's what we were trying um, to, to do with those real stories is so that people can listen to them and go, oh, wow, look what she's doing now. It's yeah, they're powerful. You just feel less isolated to know that you're not the only one. So I'm very grateful for the podcast and I'm sure a lot of listeners <laughs> are. Now, before I let you get on with your afternoon and let you slip back into mum mode, yeah. I wanted to just end our chat with our quick rapid fire questions. I just have 10 questions. Okay. Um, and the first one to pop I'm into your mind now. is totally <laughs> Yeah. No, they're all very large. So the first one is what is your go-to cafe order? Oh, skin flat white. Easy. Are you sweet or savoury? Savoury. How would you describe your daily personal style? <laughs> um, <laughs> casual. Casual. <laughs> and what about, do you have a current favourite song or a favourite playlist at the moment? Mm, no, no, it's whatever my 15-year-old daughter puts on. She's she's responsible she's the DJ for all the, the she's the DJ in the house. She's got all the playlists on Spotify. It's whatever she's whatever she's playing is what I'm into. I actually mm-hmm. heard her the, the other night and I thought that she I thought that she was speaking another language and I went into her room and she was learning a rap. So I all oh, wrong. Wow. <laughs> wow. Might as well be another language. Yeah. It's funny you say that because my two boys have just worked out in the last couple of months that there's a Pokemon playlist on Spotify and it is horrendous. I'm sure that my neighbours hate me, but that's what we have going a lot of the time. Um, Number five is what is your worst habit? Do you have a bad habit? Worst habit. My worst habit. Oh, goodness. Lots lots of worst habit. My worst habit is probably not. Like, I don't know. I think my worst habit is not eating early in the morning. I think one of my worst is that I kind of wait until later. You know, I'm like an 11 o'clock, no yeah. breakfast, 11 o'clock eater. And then, you you know, you're almost so hungry that Ravenous. you eat things that you, sh- yeah, you shouldn't yeah. eat. <laughs> yeah. It's so easy though when you're a mum and you've got 20 million things to do of a morning. It's like, oh, I'll eat later. Yeah. I'll eat later. And then before you know it, it's lunchtime. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you say is your best habit? Best habit. Um, oh, telling my kids I love them every every night, without oh, fail. Cute. Yeah. Good yeah. night, sweet dreams. I love you. See you tomorrow. That is a brilliant habit. <laughs> Do you have a must-read book that you would recommend? Ah, uh, yes. The Five People You Meet in Heaven. The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Okay, I've not read that yeah. one, but I'll have yeah. to grab it. It's short and sweet. I loved it. It's been my, you know, one of my favorite books for. A very long time. I'll be sure to add that to the show notes as well. (laughs) And what is it that keeps you aligned day to day? Do you have any practices that really help you to stay on track and help you to feel in alignment with yourself? Um, I think sitting and taking time for yourself. Like I, you know, I like to 
I do it in the morning and in the afternoon. Like I'm not just a morning coffee person. I don't have my coffee in the afternoon too late, but I I just take that break, you know, before mm. the kids finish school. Um, it's to sit down sort of two o'clock, have a coffee, kind of just, ref, you know, do what, it, you know, maybe if it's scroll through social media or you'll look at the news or, but just take that kind of time to just, or even just sit there and, you know, think about nothing or, you know, at, I guess they call it meditation, but yeah, just a pause, you know, to remember to stop and smell the roses, as they say. Yeah, it's so helpful. Do you have a favourite quote? Uh, Omnia Vincent Amore, love conquers all. Love that. (laughs) And last but not least, what do you do for fun? And the reason I ask this question is that in the last year, I have spoken to so many women about fun and realized that as we become mums, so often we take fun off the table for ourselves and we fill it with all of the chores and the stuff that we have to do. So do you have any practices or any hobbies or interests that you do purely for the fun factor? For the fun, well, I, you know, I get to spend more time with my girlfriends, which is a lot of fun. Um, I, you know, I try to catch up with girls, girlfriends one-on-one as much as I can, because I really think that's important to be able to give, you know, to each other, you give each other um, that attention for that period of time. But I've loved, like I, you know, a couple of my girlfriends and I sometimes, you know, it's walk and talk. We call it walk and talk, you know, and it's kind of like a therapy session at the same time as, um, you know, as, as getting some exercise, you know, and then, and then at the end of it, we stop and, at a you know nice cafe that's down by the water and we you know have a drink and have something to eat and then we walk again so it's walk and talk I think is one of the things that I do for fun and that's how my kids book got written with Cara we wrote a children's book on the walk and talk so yeah that for me walk and talk (laughs) and the book that you mentioned then that's Leo Lyons Big Bed is that right yeah Leo Lyons Big Talk Big Bed it was like our walk talk and laugh um that's where that came about and got written at the coffee shop and all the rest of that. Yep. That's so cool. I'll make sure that we have that in the show notes as well. I'll also be sure to pop your own Instagram into our show notes, which is at Cass Thorburn. And I'll pop a link to the podcast as well. But just to remind people, the podcast is called Divorce Story and it's with Cass Thorburn and Annalise Dent. Cass, thank you so much for being so open and so helpful today. <laughs> Thanks, Kylie. And I'm so pleased that you, you know, hunted me down after hearing about the podcast. And I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Like, you know, just to know that someone got something out of it is that's the reason for doing it, right? That people are getting something out of it. Absolutely. And I know that from having this conversation here, so many of our listeners will jump over to your podcast as well and it will continue to help. So, again, thank you. Thanks so much, Kylie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.